you are probably going to be a very successful podcast. But you're going to go through life thinking that listeners don't like you because you're a nerd. And I want you to know from the bottom of my heart that that won't be true. It'll be because it's not a hate Oh, absolutely. 100%. A great, great line to pull from this on here. It's because you're an asshole. And I felt like this film was being a bit of an asshole to me by the end that we were done. I, I was very... We were very curious about how this film was going to affect me at the end of the last episode because I had a very, like, I, I guess looking back on it, a non-start attitude with it, which is a bit true. And I will say, I'll get this out of the way, I was very much captured and watched this entire film, like, paying attention to it from beginning to end. But it upset me a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay, so... um we watched The Social Network. Uh, this is part of our Sorkin streak. I'm Alice. And I am Missy Information. Yeah, and so this was this was the next Sorkin that you've experienced. Um, interesting movie. I, I We were talking before the podcast started. I haven't watched this since I think I saw it in the theater because... I don't know. I, I, I know I know people who like this is their comfort movie, like mm-hmm. they turn it on and they can just listen to it in the background and like obviously the soundtrack is incredible, so I think that's that's part of it. But yeah, um what were your thoughts? Okay, I gotta download all this and update my status here. So I thought it was incredibly well directed. The tone of the film was very I felt like I was supposed to be uncomfortable and in discomfort for the entire film just with the soundtrack and the themes and the interactions with the character and so in that regard if that is what the film was trying to do to me it was very successful if that's what it wasn't trying to do with me then I just didn't like this film but I, it's not, I didn't not like this film I should say I didn't like how this film made me feel I really had a bad visceral reaction by the time this film was done. And I really was like, boy, I really want this to end because it's just people I'm not rooting for doing horrible things to each other. And it never ends. It just never ends and lets up on what these people are willing to do. So it is just like watching a car crash slowly happening. But then one of the people walks out totally fine and ends up being, you know, very successful after all is said and done, you know, but loses yeah. himself in it. And it's just like, uh, I know, I so the Fincher works that I've seen before this are Gone Girl, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, and Aliens uh, 3, Cubed. Um, interesting selection, is what I'll say. Yeah, it's an interesting selection. And so I really liked The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, I like mm-hmm. it for again murder mystery. This is if you are listening to this uh, at the uh, same time that our red shirts episode came out. That was a murder mystery episode as well, which I loved, and so that film really sucked her, suckered suckered me in for that. Same thing with Gone Girl. It very much is a mystery vibe to it, where you know halfway through mm-hmm. you realize, oh, I have been watching something that I'm. Uh, this is entirely different than what I thought it was going to be. Um, and what it is. It's that great thing that like Glass Onion does where halfway through, hey, let's go over the events of the film again, but this time with more information that you didn't have the first time. Uh, and Aliens 3 I thought was fun because it's Aliens. But, you know, it was very different aesthetic and different feel that had some of the the tropes that we get later from him of just him liking light and dark contrasting, letting things be very um, shadowed and, very, and letting the cinematographer do that and working with it. Um, much like in the opening of this film, how it's it's uh, Harvard at night, and we just film watching you know Zuckerberg walking through Harvard, and it's dark shots where he's you know sometimes far away and everything. So yeah, it just it from the very beginning with this and the soundtrack where that violin was playing over and over and mm-hmm. over as if it was like a mosquito in the background trying to dig into your brain. I was like, oh, this film wants me to be uncomfortable. This yeah. film is is telling me you are don't get to don't think you're gonna see like a a happy spin on any of this. Like we're starting yes. off in in misering and we start off with Zuckerberg getting dumped by his girlfriend. That's where this film begins, and throughout this entire film, it is about a man who just wants attention and love 
and, and power, power, but doesn't know how to get it. Yes. And, and, and has only the only way he knows how to do it is a way that alienates him from other people. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I agree. I watching it this time, I, I like that first scene. I, I've watched that first scene a few times because I'm a big Rooney Mara fan. Also, I think this might be the best Rooney Mara performance. I guess that's sacrilege because I like Carol so much, but she's really good in this, and and she it's really hard to tell that it's her. Even honestly. I was just gonna say she was so good, I didn't even know it was her. We talked about this yeah. was a the, the only little bit before the pod stuff we talked about. Yeah, I get I get a sense like. After a certain point in her career, I feel like every performance she gives, probably after Dragon Tattoo, honestly, because Dragon Tattoo she's really good in as well. But after that, all of her performances are like she's like a fragile bird in terms of like in terms of like wayfish and and meek and small and stuff. Whereas this was like she was there. She was a college student. I I believe that. Yeah. Uh, um. She has like avian bone syndrome and all her other performances. <laughs> she's yeah. Yeah. Shattered. Um, but but I think that scene is is excellent because it establishes right away Mark Zuckerberg is not a hero. He is not right. You side with the girlfriend in that in that discussion. Yes. And the and the the, the line I said as the opening, that line is one of the best lines in the movie because it 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 rings true. And I know that by the end of the movie, you know, you have Rashida Jones saying that you're not an asshole, but I don't think that I don't think that they that the movie is actually trying to re- redeem them at no, all. No, not at all. I think there's yeah. there's no um, and, redemption for anyone within this. Uh-huh. Yeah, and then so then we, we so then we go back to he, he goes back to the dorm and he, he invents face smash. Um, one of the things I thought was what a what a genius idea to have Trent Reznor um, and and the other gentleman Atticus do the soundtrack for this movie because it sounds menacing. Like I was I was watching this, especially when he was building it. I was thinking like this is a villain origin story. They did if they had if they had put like you know John Williams like like happy strings behind this, this would be a completely different movie. They he knew exactly what he was doing. It is so aggressive, and part of the reason the soundtrack is yes. is popular is that it, you you notice it throughout. The soundtrack begs you to get tuned in, and it's not trying to be of the era. It's not trying to replicate mm-hmm. you know oh this was the sound of the season in 2003 or 2000 what you know whatever it is just like aggressive and disquieting and at some points really catchy and you're into it. like there are points where it's a jam so you're confused like but why you're always like why is this music in this movie about like corporate legal scenes and suing and like ip origin and like stuff like that mm-hmm. you know it, it it does make you question yeah um, what did you think of the performances? Uh, I thought the performances overall were good. I, it's, it's very interesting when I, the, now that I know a lot of this is where some of these actors sort of got to be who they were, you know, it was like sure. where Eisenberg, you know, just blew up from there and became less of, you know, the quirky you know, comic relief or comedic, you know, lead. It was more of like, no, I can do some serious acting, um, which I think he never kind of got out of that for a, for a while. Um, and then uh, Army Hammer, who I don't think was too much of a thing. Well, I guess he had just, this is around the time that the Lone Ranger would have been in theaters, I yes. believe. Um, but it obviously, but was the less just a, the less we talk about him, the better. Yes, exactly. I was just that would be the first and last mention of him within this. But it was, kind of, it was just weird to see two of him, and I was like, oh yes, that's right. Um, I like I love Andrew Garfield, uh, yeah. literally, and so I liked his performance. But just the slightest, like the the slightest take of a, a faint accent, it was almost like it was like having water with lemon in a hotel spa, like that level of an accent where it was just mainly sounded American. But I, I couldn't, so I couldn't tell how much we're supposed to like think like play that into there um but i thought the emotional beats he did was was good like yeah they're all are very good at playing various different and types of sociopaths especially and justin timberlake you know playing a uh a devil may care sort of attitude with with his uh stuff yeah i mean so so yeah um um justin timberlake plays sean parker who is a, so- a sociopath i think both in the movie and in real life but it 
it, it, it was really interesting to me because I think, like, I feel like um, the Eduardo character that Andrew Garfield plays is kind of the moral center of the movie. He's the one that you have the most sympathy for at the end of all of them, I think. Yeah. Solely because he's the one who's kind of, who's really getting screwed out of the deal and taken advantage of. But, like, you know, not to say that he's, like, without fault and, 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 and blame and such, but I also think um, it's really interesting that they introduce... Like halfway through the movie, they introduce um, Sean Parker, the, the the Napster creator, and I was thinking about this. Sean Sean's argument to Mark and Eduardo is correct. They needed to go to to San Francisco. They needed to talk to VCs. They needed to blow this up. They didn't need to do a regional thing or do a smaller thing. Um, and so like him doing that and opening the doors is probably why Facebook is so successful, but also, like, at what cost, right? Yeah. At the cost of, you know, the the two of them, I guess, losing their partnership and friendship, at least at least according to the events of the movie. Yeah, and, and I think for me, the part that I always struggled with is all of them were around and there for the original sin of this developed from him being so frustrated, apparently, with mm-hmm. his relationships with women with his it just starts from such a misogynistic yes. point where yes. they're just trying to rate things hot or not that they were mm-hmm. all there and knew this and were a part of it and all were in that culture and accepted it and yep. the toxic masculinity to not use a mm-hmm. you know a phrase that some people are sick of i don't care because it's true this is just a film about toxic masculinity yeah. um which is part of the reason why this film mm-hmm. just upset me is because it's it, it it's upsetting. It's upsetting. The, the events that yeah. they're showing are upsetting. Yeah, no, hundred percent. But like, I, the thing I I really think is successful is I don't think they painted in a sympathetic light. I really don't. No, they don't at I all. I think I think you can see how terrible the guys are treating the women who are like um, amazing. Brenda Song plays um, um, one of the girlfriends, Christy. Um, Dakota Johnson's in this movie playing the girl from at Stanford that Sean Parker sleeps with. Oh my god, um, I didn't recognize Amy? her with that yeah. haircut. I didn't. Uh-huh. I had facial blindness in this film for some reason. I didn't. I didn't recognize it until I, I looked it up and I was like, "Who is that?" I looked it up and it was it's Dakota Johnson apparently. Yeah. Um, but like, he, like they're not redeeming this. Like, I think like the only scene that comes maybe close is the um. The, the scene where they're like he's trying to hire an intern and they're they're hacking into a server and they're drink, taking shots of tequila that scene kind of like buys into the the like I think really really broy frat culture that you that that tech startups have especially like they have had in the past and they probably still continue to have honestly um but even then like Eduardo's watching it and he's he's watching it with a with a with a you know um uh discerning eye because it feels bad to him. And I think it's, it is meant to feel like mm-hmm. it's meant to look like fun, but not feel fun for the audience as well. Yeah. And, and, and Eduardo's, you know, part of all this is enabling it. Like he was just the financial enabler for so long. And then he realizes he's, it's like, you know, Frankenstein creating the monster sort of, Oh, I realize my mm-hmm. creation has gone too far. And, but still wants to believe that his friendship and personal relationship with Zuckerberg means more mm-hmm than money but of course we know that that's we know where this is going it's and where it ends in real life and so you know these are just you know the descent of all these people into screwing each other for money and the vc and the hungry beast that is just acquisition and when you begat more money and create your own worth and do that more like there's no there's nothing that will stop that hunger we're at the very end of the film where i we can, i'll give this a slight spoiler he is still cannot get over his ex-girlfriend and it yeah. ends exactly where we began with him pining for her because every other relationship he realizing is based on either money or business or mm-hmm. uh uh, friend, yeah, it's it's just he kind of none of this solves it. None of not, yeah, not he, any he, of the money in the world or the success or power or or being the most popular person does it. it nothing fills. He that wants hole. the approval of of this person that that had told him off, basically. Yeah, yeah. and and basically um, because she was right. It, that's where the the mm-hmm. that is where this film goes. And with the just the maleness of it all is that he can't accept that she broke up with him for the right reason. So it's almost like he's just trying to prove to everyone now that he yeah. is smart and he is brilliant. And he is, and it's, and the fact that 
we right now are living with these same tech billionaires going through the exact same shit. They all have yeah. like L- literally going through this. This last week we had fucking Elon Musk challenging Mark Zuckerberg to a dick measuring yeah. contest, a literal dick measuring contest. Like so, it is all. The, who also was a Peter Thiel, you know, acolyte, and got all of oh, that yeah, financing yeah. through. You know. Oh yeah, fucking 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 Peter Thiel, the man who ruined the internet. Yeah, it just so it is just one of those things where. I, uh, it's the acquisition of more and more villains into this site and seeing him just make yeah. the wrong decision over and over and over. But I never sympathize with him or expect him to make the right decision because he's told us right. from the beginning he's basically incapable of doing it because his motives are never pure. You know, he's yeah. always still um, trying to just essentially get his dick wet. Yeah. Um, there's a quote from Zuckerberg that he said in like an IM that got leaked in like a deposition or something. It was like, um, you can you can be unethical but still be legal. That's the way I live my life. Ha ha. Shout out to Jamie Loftus for including that in Blossom is Girl. And like you see that in in this like oh, he's, yeah. he's 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 skirting he's skirting the rules but he's not breaking the law necessarily. Yeah, he overloads the server, but he can't be proved that that's, you know, something bad. He scrubbed all the data, but he just says, well, they put that out there anyways. So I'm just, like, gaining yes. it real fast. Like, they, you know, um, he's... He, 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 he whipped up some W magic, W get magic with a Perl script. I, I love that first, like, five minutes where, where, where he's doing all the nerd talk, because it's all 100% correct. I've said this before. Aaron Sorkin found a nerd and talked to him. Yeah. Also... That was the kind of stuff I was doing when I was in college around the time that this happened. Like, around 2004 to 2006 was when I was in college doing that same stuff, like, learning that same stuff on my own. And so I have a really soft spot for that. Yeah, and that's the one thing, too, is that it is strange to me because I – we're supposed to be watching these films as Sorkin pieces, part of the Sorkin streak. But I was so removed – from the fact that Sorkin wrote this. I didn't think one... I just realized, I don't think I really thought about at all throughout the film, this is a Sorkin piece. I think because mm-hmm. the touch of Fincher is so heavy mm-hmm. in sure. it that I just was thinking of this as... A, and it's just, it's just an interesting you know, observation of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I... Uh, everyone said stuff that was believable. And I know that this... Part of the reason is, is that this is so much pulled from an era where we have records of literally what people have said and we can just add those into here versus well, being some speculative I, I, stuff. I, 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 I don't know. I don't, I don't know how much the story is accurate. I know this no, was based oh, on no, a, no, no. on yeah, a yeah, book, yeah. but I like, I like, I know that also at least Zuckerberg has, has refuted a lot of the things in there. Um, what I mean. And so like, I don't, yeah. What I mean by it is, is that, we know so much of what is already publicly known about these figures where, yes, this is a fictional take on it, but we know what main big beats are true. We know the parts of the story where all of this was on here. So you're right. It, it is weird to buy into this. Not that weird, but it is a weird buying into a speculative fiction. It's like fanfic of real historical events as we live them and not that yes. far removed from because this was done in mm-hmm. 2010 and the events of yeah. it are from 2003 to 2004. So only I mean, I mean, he probably started th- that gap is getting shorter and shorter. Yeah. Like fucking there was a Tiger King documentary one year after the Tiger thing King or, came out. Yeah, exactly. So it, it's, it's one of those things where. I also, at the time when this film came out, you know, to talk about the Not a Hate Watch part of it, I just wasn't very interested in Facebook. I was in the middle of college, so I was just stressed mm-hmm. out about doing stuff there. I wasn't thinking about, like, this holistic stuff. I was also going through my own changes and understanding yeah. my own sexuality and gender identity and realizing in college that this to me has always been an issue and a thing that I can't relate to. The aspect oh, of wait, no, 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 no. The aspect, the specific thing is the aspect of college and wanting to be a part of the party scene, the frat scene, the all that weird sort of like bro culture never ever appealed to me, and I never connected that part with my personality of of genderizing it and not relating to the gender of being male until later but i realized sort of at that time it's in it and so like wanting to see this film about tech bros just didn't did did, i didn't want to be a part of it i didn't want to like live in that world and sort of stew in it i mean it, it it definitely is bro culture um i do think that 
a lot of I, I think that that gets played up a lot in the movie whereas I feel like like once they um once once um Sean Parker gets introduced you're not really talking that much about like um final houses and 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 Harvardy stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And 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 like okay, so my experience was I was in college when Facebook came out. It was 2006 when my college was added to it. That was a big thing. It was like my friends. My I had a friend who went to Baylor, and she would tell me about it. And then oh, they're adding they're adding my school to it. Everyone's excited to get get on there and do stuff. And it was weird. It like like I know that it came it came out of this like um malicious intent with regard to like you know um, hot or not or, or comparing comparing women and choosing rating women with an elo um, algorithm, but. It does start. It did speak to basically a better way, a better, faster, or well, maybe not better, a faster and more um, instant way of communicating uh, oh, between yeah. people and, and and sharing information and stuff. Uh, I thought it was really interesting that they they included the part where I mean, this is kind of it's kind of central to the plot, but but after after Zuckerberg goes gets dumped, he also goes back to his room and writes a and writes a drunken live journal post. Yeah, because because. Honest to God, I forgot that was in there. That made me so happy because LiveJournal was huge when yep. I was in school, and 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 LiveJournal, LiveJournal, and blogging like that basically completely got replaced by Facebook and Twitter. And so it's it's it is showing you like before and after for for the f- before the creation of Facebook. This is how people communicated and after. There is a LiveJournal that exists from an individual who I will not go into details of that had an obsession with me, a true real life obsession of me. And it was a secret one where she just wrote about me all the time and just her thoughts and stuff. It wasn't sexualized at all. It just was like, oh, I saw them and great. Like, oh, he's so great and amazing. And like, you know, realized at this time that she'd been also entering my sphere in real life to try and get closer to me. And one of the people who knew her had to be like, hey, do you know she has this live journal of you out there? And I was like, no, this is okay. And that was when, the time that Facebook came around as well. So I basically switched from doing a live journal to Facebook because of those events. But yeah, yeah. that's around the time that I was in high school. 2006 is when it happened. And I at first couldn't join because I was homeschooled. So I had to wait for yep. them to have a feature where I just joined the district where I was at. And this was before mm-hmm. they required the email verification. And I was able to get on that way and just say, oh, I can't log into that email. So can I use this email? I know it's like, yeah, sure, why not? But for years, I just had the wrong school. Like I didn't have homeschooled on there because it wasn't even an option at that point. Like everything still mm-hmm. had to be tied to a, a a university or like, I think at that point, that was when high schools could basically get joined to. Like that was yeah. the newest innovation was sure, high schoolers. And there was, I remember debate at the time, People underage, is this a good thing for them to connect? Is it what's it going to mm-hmm. do with them there and that kind of stuff? Is it too young for them to be interconnected and all that thing? Yeah. But I mean, at that point, by the time they were adding high schools, we'd already had, like, MySpace also existed. You had, mm-hmm. you had, you had Zanga, you had all the other, like, offbeat um, social networks that no one remembers. Um, but yeah, I, that's that's really interesting. So for me, I had this experience. I forget if I've said this on the podcast or not, but I've had this experience where right after the, right after they got added, my school got added. Everyone in my everyone in my class signed up for it, and I was hanging out at my friend Corey's. And this is you know we would hang out all the time, but they were all just on their laptops sending pokes at each other because they thought it was so funny. Mm-hmm. And I looked around, I, I, like I was like a stereotypical like like look at all the people who got who got brainwashed by the computer sort of thing. Yeah, and so. I didn't. Um, I didn't. I I didn't create a Facebook account until literally last year for the first time. Really, I'm 38. So yeah. Well, I'm glad you managed to avoid it for that long, and you know, Godspeed joining it out. I mean, I I I got off Facebook a few years ago, obviously during the height of the political stuff and disinformation. I just didn't want to contribute to it. I still was on Twitter though, and now I'm leaving Twitter to go back to Threads, which is part of Meta, and it's just like jump in between sociopathic billionaires is just a part of our yeah. lives now. And again, but part of the reason that this is like a horror origin story. As you said, it's a villain origin story because we know mm-hmm. how much how that's their tech disruption truly did fuck up and disrupted so many mm-hmm. things in in real life. Yeah. I mean, I've bad news for you. If it wasn't if it wasn't Twitter or or um Facebook, it would be a startup that has VC from terrible billionaires also. Oh, yes, like, of course. None of the no none of those companies are clean. Maybe co- I think co-host is like the only one, but well, we yeah. live in a society, society, 
We live in a society where any money you spend, except for a very <laughs> odd circumstances, is put into dirty money. Like, everything yeah. you touch, corporations are doing horrible things. You know, it just is one of those – that is just where we are now. So you have to, like, mm-hmm. pick your, like pick the the least worst of them. That's just where we're at right now. Um, and it sort of is, like, what Zuckerberg was also going through. So here's the other strange part of this that I, I we haven't touched on yet. I, there are points where I related to Mark Zuckerberg, not in his point of view, but in right. his struggle for socially trying to figure out how to navigate and interact with people. And yeah. that's a large part of me being homeschooled. I was the brain nerd and and, and basically like a, a, a programmed calculator and able to like disperse information. But like human interaction like was a bit like I was very social and I went to church a lot and I did homeschooling events. So it wasn't like I couldn't talk to people. I was actually one of the stereotyped as the most like uh, uh, gregarious and outgoing of the homeschoolers that they had. And to where I was in college, they brought me in to administration once like, hey, so what's up with homeschoolers being so like off sometimes? Because like you're really social and they're not. And I had to give the spiel about why people homeschool and how I relate. Mm-hmm. But like internally, I was struggling all the time. It, it, like yeah. I could present well and mask it well with other people, but I just was like clueless as to how to actually connect with people until I had, you know, college. Like I had good friends from back home, but college for me was a restart. I wanted to be able to also like establish a new identity for myself at that moment when of course we're just thrown into the most confusing, chaotic parts of of our world and (laughs) trying to create, you know, more, a way to just, the, the 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 part that really rung to me as like an interesting character point is when they talk about the Facebook and how it will be them the president of this social club. They don't have to do anything to please other people and get them in. They'll be begging to come in, uh, like mm-hmm. it, it's it, it's an invitation for them, and they'll all willingly join up, and yeah. we'll be seen as cool because we're the ones that let them connect with their friends, and so therefore us letting them do that will yeah. make us just as popular. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll thank us for, for this. Yeah. I mean, I think I think that, that, that sheen wore off of Mark Zuckerberg in real life pretty fast. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's so interesting because I, I mean, so this movie really, it, it took me back to my college days because it literally happened when I was in college, mm-hmm. and, and I, I remember those events very clearly. And I think as a, like, time capsule in that way, I think that's why, like, I could totally see myself if if this movie was on TV leaving it on in the background because it reminds me of like my past and it reminds me of of of, of good memories not just not just the the stuff relating to Facebook because of it's of a place and a time. Yeah. But um I'm curious. So last week uh when we talked you were worried that you weren't you were going to hate this movie because it was going to be glorifying um tech bros and and Mark Zuckerberg. What are your thoughts now? I don't think I ever said I thought it would be glorifying them. I don't think that was ever a concern of mine. I didn't because I didn't know it as being a film that glorified it. What I don't, what I just don't like is the attention being paid on them. I that's what I is like. Even just the attention of this being paid on here is it like in any way going to like, you know, accidentally do it? But I just <sighs> these kind of films make me are really hard for me to watch films that are like based on real events no not necessarily that it's where the 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 main aspect of the drama is interpersonal relationships that are incredibly realistically portrayed like stuff that Mm -hmm. i could see happening to like me or other things like that like it's weirdly like very down grounded realistic drama that makes me the most uncomfortable. And I'm not a cringe person. That's not something that usually, but it's something about the tension of it. And especially in this where it is like, okay, we are entering Dante's Inferno and we're gonna walk through and see all these things that you think you wanted in Mm -hmm. life and are pulling for it, but it's all empty and void and it only makes you emptier the further you go into that. And I think everyone has those moments in maybe sort of all of our lives. We're trying to figure out what actually is making us full and empty and is the thing that we did, you know, for a while, the thing that we want to do, is is the gender that we were for a while, what we want to be. But I, I wanted to say kind of a point that you just said, which I'm realizing the moment and why it's so uncomfortable for me is mm-hmm. this reminds me of a time 
that I don't like to go back to. Hmm. Yeah. Because it's a time where I was so trying to figure out who I wanted to be and was desperate that I, again, I the fact that I could relate to aspects of Mark Zuckerberg's personality, I don't like. Mm-hmm. Because there are parts of me that I also associate with that drive to try and be masculine and pass and go in there. And so even just having to like filter all my thoughts through the, you know, Facebook when organically came, it just sort of like put me in a time where it was like, yeah, when this came out, it was so important. It was such a phenomenon. And even that just made me, you know, nervous. You know, there was still a worry about what I might slip up and reveal about myself that maybe my friends in person knew, my flamboyance, my queerness, you know, all those sort of things um, that you're comfortable with on there, but also posting it out there and and making it real and making it words and in reality. And, and that's something that's hard for me. Like, I'm a firm believer in what you put out into the universe has ripples and it has effect because we know that it is cause and effect like this is all cause and effect playing out and you're seeing the ripples and you see the damage it's doing along the way like the you know the scene where all the girls are basically like oh like it basically has all the bros going around and raiding stuff and then the very final punchline of that montage is the girls being like disgusting like oh this is Mm -hmm. so great and it's like the thing that they think is going to impress them, like, oh, look, you're high rated. They're just like turned off by. But it's also the sill that base, that base sort of like focusing everything on physicality and and what is all in there is still what is at the ethos of most social media. It hasn't changed. Like that culture, but that's also just culture. That is like all culture is like trying to present things in the physical world and physical things and focusing on that. And it just is hard when you are someone who lives more in your head and it's more mental and like that internal stuff and like the social media do that and leak out. So just sitting in these disquieting moments with other people that I just see them making mistakes, it's just sort of like more so just reminded me of my own. It's just sort of like relating to personal stuff. And it's like now I'm putting Mm -hmm. personal stuff on this film that I don't know if this is what it was trying to draw from me. Like, I don't know if this is the reaction where I'm supposed to just sit and, and relate to this and be uncomfortable, but also just think about, like, how much importance is put onto this when all it was made for is that these people could make money and, like, just use, you know, people to well, make a bunch but, of money off of I mean, I, 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 I will say, I think Facebook has done more than just make money, if that makes sense. Like, I do think that Facebook has radically altered our culture and radically altered the, the global culture as well like not just not just in the US and so i do think like i think this i think this movie makes more sense than if you were to do a movie about like jack from twitter or the guy or adam from from instagram or whatever because i think facebook has had such an integral part in shaping our culture for largely for the worse i think we both agree on that largely for the worse yeah. but understanding like where it came out of and and i think like thankfully not painting zuckerberg in a really positive heroic light i think i think i'd rather have this than have the the puff piece where he's the he's the he's the he's the he's just a little guy who's getting you know beaten down and he and he wins in the end or whatever i'm 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 thinking back to a question that you asked me and i think i have to reevaluate my answer to it you okay. you pointed out and you asked me if it was because of these are real life events that made me disquieted and I answered no at first because it wasn't what I was thinking in that moment but the mm-hmm. more that I think about it I did have the thought of films that deal with topics fictionalized or real that I have in my own life because of my OCD and my intrusive thoughts and my own obsessions and stuff where these are things that I have thought about until the gerbils in the mental wheel are like almost dead from running because they just I've thought about it all and I've thought about this I have thought about these things enough that it just was like I don't want to see them played out again I really just don't want and that's where we were talking about last week where the struggle was is that it's sort of like this shit has already lived in my head and been you know fictionalized to a certain point of it where it's like yeah I guess see this person's take on it but it's not going to change my mind on these people you know again and you're right it didn't make me like more sympathetic toward them and we didn't you know get that so it just was like 
not not in an echo chambery sense, but it just did feel a little bit like, yeah, tell me more stuff that I already know. I just have to see it like play out and not, you know, be able to change any of it. So it's just like hard. I mean, I you said you said um like having a take on the characters um and i don't i don't know that this movie does i think i think it is more just a it's just like a staging of the events um to give context to some of this stuff and and i think peer into some of the some of the things that that we know these people have done but um like outside of they're all pretty bad i don't really feel like there's a lot of 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 point of view that's trying to get across like i don't i feel like in in Aaron Sorkin shows especially in Aaron Sorkin's work he, very often he has a very like very loud message like um democracy is better when we work together and listen to smart people television is better when 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 the head writer is not isn't on um opiates you know th those sorts of things whereas i don't feel like He's really pushing. I, I feel like he's like, if anything, he's like writing a. It, it feels almost like it's more like a bio, like a neutral biography. If anything, I don't know if I can separate myself enough from my point of view to know that for sure. I th okay. I think I I think the film has a point of view, and it maybe doesn't tell it by the writing, but the directing and the music and the editing all are telling me the story that it is it's not it is not that it's glorifying stuff but if you think about all the party scenes and stuff they are shot to look fun they're not shot like oh this looks gross or disgusting or whatever it's shot to be like yeah like people have fun at these things and i'm not i'm not saying that they take that that they're saying that's good or whatever but it is what it is saying is from the point of view of these characters we are going to film it like it's idealized because this is what they they want whereas a lot yeah. of the darker and you know night and other stuff is just the base of them like sometimes developing things or like you know all they're, they're doing the coding at night and then they're having the partying as well that's when the juxtaposition of the two of them come together where he gets what he wants in both realms he has his like nerdy mental side and he has the carnal you know side as well that he's being able to fill both of them but still the drive is there. He needs to screw his friend out in the end because he just that's that's just what he needs to do. He can't share the he can't he has built himself to be up enough where he can't share credit with someone else at this point. Like that's how much his own up his right. own ass he is. So no, I yeah. so again I I I don't want to say this film is glorifying. It's not. What he's saying is that from the point of view of the characters, these things it very much shows them idolizing it. So they have to film it in a way that is idolized to get across why these characters want to do these things. Like it's nice, you know, it's nice for them and stuff. So yeah. so for me, it's like knowing that's ironic. Knowing that we're not meant to, it's like Wolf of Wall Street. This is ironic. Yeah, you know, all of this is obviously not meant to be things in here. I mean, I think I think that this is even a better example. I think Wolf of Wall Street goes a little too far in that people can watch that and and not realize it's satire and want to just reenact all the things that that ha that they do in that movie. And that's the movie sure. hasn't seen, so I can't I can't come yeah. and I just know that's the take mm -hmm. of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like, and and like, I'm sure people in college when this movie came out had their own like do shots and and program at night sort of bullshit. But I don't think the general public took came away from this movie saying, "Mark Zuckerberg, what a cool guy." No. I think I think the fact that um, Jesse Eisenberg was able to bring so much humanity to the character despite being so just like maliciously evil is really why that performance is really well lauded. Yeah, I know. I I understand after watching this why it got all the nominations that it did. Mm -hmm. Like this is a yeah. well done film. What I just don't like is what it makes me feel, which I believe is sure. the intent of the filmmaker and it, 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 his interpretation of the text of Sorkin. Because you're right, narratively there isn't really a point of view where it's not a hero's journey. It's not a. It mm -hmm. is. It's, it ends up being a villain origin story, but it just. It's by the series of events that happen. It's literally yeah. because these are what he chose to do. We know it's not a dramatic mm -hmm. take of being like, oh, so I'm making a point here because I'm making the character do this. Now, what he focuses on, that's part of you know the the lean of it on there too. But it is just the the most interesting part of it is the personal relationships. Like that's that's why you yeah. watch things. You're not. Otherwise, it'd be a documentary, you know, in terms of yeah. detailing a list of things that happen. Yeah, or a historical reenactment. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, I, 
I'm thinking about it, and I get. I think. I think. I think. Aaron Sorkin's point is is in that first scene, in that opening scene, yes. when she says, "You know, you're gonna think that people don't like you because you're a nerd, and no, it's because you're an asshole." Yeah. And like, I guess I I think that really is the thesis of it. But but beyond that, I feel like it's not trying to say good or bad about like you know Facebook existing or Zuckerberg's actions or anything. And so, um. But I also think I think getting that scene, that like tight scene, that's like it's like I don't know, like it's like two minutes long. Um, it's very dialogue heavy. It ends with that really good line. That is what Aaron Sorkin would bring to this. Yeah. Like I feel like in another movie, that scene would be longer. It'd be stretched out. It wouldn't be as it wouldn't be as punchy. You wouldn't have that like button on it that you do. Um, I also I, I was watching for other Sorkinisms, and the only other one I noticed was when. Sean Parker woke up with, at Dakota Johnson's place. He like lists all of the stuff about her and her dad and her 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 trombone major and stuff. And it was that it was that thing that that I always love when they do, which is like listing off all of the accomplishments of a person. Yeah, exactly. It, it, the list of these are the things that they did. Um, it, with the I, and I like the backward exposition where he says like like um during the scene with uh Justin Timberlake Sean Parker where yeah he basically as you said this reverse interrogation just reveals and that's who I am Sean Parker <laughs> um mm-hmm. I think this will be a one and done for me in terms of watching it I think yeah. I again I think I got a good takeaway of what they were trying to do with me it just these types of films mm-hmm. aren't enjoyable for me on the base of it. Like, it's just how they make me feel. I, like I, It's not that I don't like watching stuff that makes me feel bad. Like I have a lot of things that I watch that are like, yeah. uncomfortable topics. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not asking you to. I'm not, as, I'm not saying that you have to get to a place where, you know, this makes you feel good and you're happy to do it. I'm curious though, knowing what you know now, would you have rather not watch this movie? I think I land where I don't regret seeing it. I'm not, like, mad that I had to watch it. I didn't love it. I liked aspects of it. Like, we talked about all the things about the movie that I liked about it. I don't, I no, I don't, I don't wish I hadn't seen this. But at the same point, after having seen it, I also would have been fine having not seen it. But, I, you know, I just land in that space of, of in between i'm glad for the sake of this podcast we watched it because truly this is a film that hit that hate watch level where it was like active disinterest it was a negative interest in this so i'm very glad for the podcast because also i just have really enjoyed our discussion around it and what it again it brought things into my head where i was fascinated by my own thoughts on my transness that this film unexpectedly brought up and mm-hmm. after this was done, I almost wanted to cry because I just felt like I needed to get some stress relief. Um, Red Shirts mm-hmm. listener know that I also had to straight away watch uh, the Star Trek episode, which really was serotonin. Like I like the the high high I got from just watching that after having seen this was so opposite that I was like, oh, I can talk about this tonight and not just be like so sad, so sad, and like you know, oh, really stewing in it because I had this you know other thing to go in there. But yeah. It's hard. I know that's a non-answer. It's, it's sorry, but that's just, it is how I feel where... Okay, well... Yeah. Was it... Did it count as a hate watch? I don't think it did. No. It doesn't sound like it did No, to, it's like, is this, to me. Because this is not like the Minions, where it was like, yeah. this was a waste of time. I don't... Yeah, this, was not, this was not the morning show. This is not a waste of time. Like, it, it, in the sense of, like, I liked, again, a lot of the aspects of the filmmaking of it. So, like, technically, that's the part that I'm struggling with. It's like, well, yeah, I'm glad I watched it in some ways. But... I never am that glad to, like, go back to certain places emotionally. And so sometimes I just avoid sure. just stuff that topics. And again, I, it, it was the, the the bro part of it that I, I didn't realize when I was watching. I'm like, oh, right. That's why I didn't want to watch this. this. Because this is almost a fantasy level of stuff to me that I can't understand why this motivates people to do what they do. And that's what's hard for me is that I don't relate to it on a deep level where I'm like, oh, I'm glad that I wasn't a part of this or this is like my experience or everything like that. It was it just seems like as a fantastical of a concept to me as boarding on a starship going to the stars. That's interesting because 
I I went to an engineering college with a bunch of people who acted kind of like they in the in the movie. It wasn't as I think the movie is a little extreme in that regard, but all the stuff that they were doing, like the, like how they were talking about women and all that stuff, that that's that was an experience I really had. And so, and I went to a liberal um, arts college and majored in theater and communication. So I think I just mm-hmm. didn't cross that path. And honestly, I was avoiding it. Like when I lived in the dorms with all the other guys, I kept to myself. I didn't really hang with any of them because I just had rehearsals and schoolwork and really felt like my social group was going to lie in there. I, I didn't feel the need to be part of a, uh, like we didn't have fraternities, but I didn't feel a, a fraternal instinct to issue brotherhoods. It might be also because I have a very good relationship with my brother that I didn't feel the need mm. to, who also wasn't into that culture. So I didn't feel the need to be like, well, I have an actual brother. So like y'all don't, I don't need you to be my brothers. I just want friends. <laughs> I don't. I. I wonder. That's a. Good, that's a good point. I, I. I don't. My. My school only had like one fraternity, one sorority, and it, like Greek life was not really a thing. Yeah. But I also went to a tiny. I also went to a tiny school. Same. Um. Yeah. It was full of Lutherans. It what? was a Danish Lutheran liberal arts college. I think that'd probably do it for the social network. Um. Yeah. Thank you so much for 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 watching it. Like, I'm. Gl- I'm glad that you are able to appreciate some parts of it because I do think it is an excellent yes. movie. Um. It, even if it, even if it makes you uncomfortable, like I think it's very well made. I think I think the performances are incredible. Yeah. Um. And I'm glad I can recognize I think it's that. Worth... I'm glad that I did yeah. like my hatred of just the of the concept and the feeling didn't make me, as I think you yeah. were worried about. Make me not see the yes. forest through the trees. That I'm just so mm-hmm. hyper focused on whatever little aspect where I'm just like, no, this whole film yeah. sucks because of this one thing or this, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, frankly, in the minions, it's just like it came down to I don't auditorily, you know, visually sensory like them, so it's hard to have buy-in at the beginning of that when you're that's you know where we're starting with it. Nothing in this film did that except I was very worried that like that violin was going to be a part of the entire soundtrack. I'm like, oh, this whole film is that damn violin, which it isn't. Um, I'm, I'm going to be really annoyed. <laughs> yeah, so no, I, I'm glad we put on the list, and this was a perfect, I think it was the perfect um, sort of uh, antithetical moment that we had from Studio 60, which was a not-beloved film, or not-beloved TV series, which I ended up putting a lot of myself into mm-hmm. and loving because of the theater of this, where this pulled me away from it even though it's a very lauded film because of the collegeness of it and that sort of aspect mm-hmm. so it's it was a nice you know ebb and flow there but what are we watching yeah. next so for our next stop on the sarkin streak we are going to be watching sports night <gasps> season one okay i'm very excited a comedy will be nice and you've been hyping this up i will truly say even before our discussion on this, I literally knew nothing about it. I always in my head get it mixed up with news radio. And so I always right. just – like that's the one with Joe Rogan and – nope, nope, that's news radio. Yes. That's not – is not, is not, is not the one with Joe Rogan and Andy And Dick, I didn't no. even know that Felicity Huffman was in it. You had to tell me that, and I, yeah, Felic- I knew who she Felicity is. Felicity Huffman, Peter Krause, Josh Molina, Sabrina Lloyd, um, that other guy, the guy who plays Dan, whose name I can't remember, who was on The Good Wife for a while. Um, yeah, it's it, – so, so what I've done is um, – I'm going to ask you to watch the first episode. The thing you have to know about this is it starts with a laugh track, even though it's a single camera comedy, it starts with a laugh track and that goes away as time goes on. But that was like a, that was like a fight they had with the network. So don't be, I know that the laugh track can be off putting. Please try to, please try to stick through it. Um, Thank you for that warning. (laughs) Yes. The other, the other one is I did make a skip list. And so if after the first episode, you're not feeling it, you can, I I made a a list of, um, I think it's like, where is it? Let me, let me pull it up. It's a list of 14 episodes out of the 22 that I think are worth seeing. Okay. And then I have I have starred um, four of those, which are like, if you really hate it, then you can skip those as well. Okay. But um, I, 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 like, I do think you need to watch the pilot because it introduces the characters. It sets up, it sets up the, the sort of world. And I think that, I think that's crucial because I think like, we'll talk about it more after you watch it, but I think like the, a lot of the first season is this perspective of, of Jeremy, the Josh Molina character who gets hired in the first episode. So nice. I'm excited for this. Having that context is really important. Yeah. And I think I'm realizing this, that part of what was also lacking from the social network was jokes. Like I, I think Sorkin is funny. Like there are not many jokes, even like a few good men, like just having Kevin Uh Pollack in there, but there's, very yeah. little humor in this. There's nothing that's funny mm-hmm. about what's happening. And, like, the jokes are, yeah. that are played up are them joking with each other. But it's, like, yeah, you know, 
guy humor and stuff. So it just ends up being. It, it doesn't. There's not a. Yeah. There's not a lot of laughing at this movie. Yeah. yeah. No. Not at all. Um. So I think that also like something. It's like when I go see theater plays that are dramas, and I know mm-hmm. this is all drama. You're not going to get much relief. Mm-hmm. I I get that same feeling that I got from this. It's like that's a lot to take in of just negative energy flowing into this space and me having to parse it out and just, you know, feel it all. So Sports Night, I think, is going to be a real nice, uh, again, another little antithetical station that we're pulling into a different scenery. Yeah, and I know know you were worried about, like, not caring about sports, and I was very anti-sports at this at, when this first aired because I was in Wisconsin during the reign of the Packers going mm-hmm. to the Super Bowl three years in a row. So I was so sick of sports at that time that it's like, I really don't think like you love the fact that they love sports. Yeah. Not the fact that you need to love sports. Yeah. It's like the same thing in studio 60. You don't have to love the sketch comedy. You just love that. They love the sketch comedy that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm, I have the buy-in for this one. I'm very hyped mm, hyped maybe yeah i i'm questionably hyped only in the sense of again knowing nothing about it that's the only reason that i'm just like not surprised is that i just i only know the the actors that are in it um yeah i'm glad that we have a skip list i think for this one i probably will end up watching them all again because are they half hours or are they uh they're half yeah. hours so especially that I'll, that will i'll blare through these you know pretty easily like a binge mm-hmm. um but we'll have to see how many different stops i do skip on the next episode Alice, thank you for for taking me to the social network. Um, you are not mm-hmm. unfollowed. I have not put you on hide. Uh, we're we're sticking this out together, and I'm gonna get uh, all of your your hot takes. Also, you can add me on on Threads. I'm just at Missy Information. Like, do it. Join. Become conformed. I'm also on Threads at 3 a.m. Girls. Um... I don't know. I don't. I don't know if Threads is gonna live. The, the, this is gonna come out like months later, so who knows if Threads still a thing? It will be an ironic historical artifact. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that'll do it for not a hate watch. Um. As we always say to end the show. Alice, I'm sorry that the venture capitalism came in and made me boot your your identity and brand from here, and that we became the Missy Information Superhighway. But it's just part of you know we had to drop the the girls have fire on it because that's just what they said is more marketable. Like I'm sorry about that, but that's it. Also, um, you get point zero three percent of the zero dollars that we make on this now, and I'm sorry that I had to cut you from that too. If if you had invented not a hate watch, you wouldn't have had a hate watch. <laughs>